Just touching again briefly on drink driving and drug driving mm. in terms of reducing fines or convictions, is there something that we can do or something you would advise people to do in terms of rehabilitation and a willingness to show a particular course that you can attend to say, well, actually, if I do this, does this reduce the sentence? This is a very complicated area. If you want to reduce sentence, we we can mitigate and it could be around personal circumstances, the reasons why you committed the offence, if it's in a highly traumatic moment in, in your life, for example. That can uh, reduce the disqualification when it's shown to be uh, a, a, an offence that's totally out of character. However, in terms of generally... Uh, you're just com- you've just committed the offence because because you could and you thought you'd get away with it type of offender. If it's your first offence, you can apply for a drink driver's rehabilitation course that the court have to offer you. That will reduce your first disqualification by twenty five percent. You have to pay for that course, but it but it will reduce your your disqualification. But it's only offered once as a rule. The if you've had quite a lengthy disqualification for four years, after a two year period, you can apply to the magistrates to have that disqualification removed. But it's very difficult uh, and I wouldn't recommend that anybody tries to do it without some legal representation because it's a very, very difficult. There's a reason why these people, why the magistrates have disqualified you for a four year period. So it's going to take a lot of persuading them to reduce it to mm-hmm. two. And you mentioned there about paying fines, etc. as well. There will be a point, I mean, we've all had that letter. If, if we've been on the receiving end of a speeding conviction where you go, oh, it's X amount of pounds. Oh, that's right before payday. I can't afford it. There's a difference between I can't afford it this month and it's going to have to come out of the holiday fund Mm. and perhaps somebody who actually hasn't got the money to pay for a a drug driving offence because that amount of money will be much greater. Mm. Is there um, a way that you assist people to prove that they can't afford the fine? Well, when the fines are assessed, they're they're assessed in one main way which is based on your weekly income. So the fines that when properly assessed, if you've submitted the correct information, will all will always be on affordability. You seldom have to pay any penalty up front in full. There's always time to pay. And generally if you can offer a, a payment by instalment over which will pay it off within the 12 month period, that will be acceptable. Mm-hmm. Driving without due care and attention then, now this covers a huge area of things from using phones whilst driving. I think as well, something that, that again, I've experienced, sat-navs, or we all have our sat-navs on our phones these days, mm. do we not? And what's the difference between Officer, I was just switching my sat-nav off and I wasn't texting. I wasn't Mm. using my phone. 
the the mobile phone offence is a separate offence to driving without due care and attention, although it could be driving without due care and attention. The mobile phone offence is one that now carries a high fixed penalty of 206 points and it will be higher if you actually go uh, to court. The key test is were you using your mobile phone for an interactive purpose that can be going on to the internet uh, and that would include sat nav or it could be texting or it could be on a, on a call so there's a, a variety it's not just go being on a call or texting uh, but of course if you're not using it for any of those reasons and it's not interactive then you will not be guilty of that offence mm -hmm. and the burden is on the police to prove that you were using it mm -hmm. that's difficult as well isn't it yes were you looking at it? Were you looking at the time? Were you looking at it because it rang and it's, you know, something yes. you react to things, don't you, whether you want to or not? Mm. What we find now is that the police are substituting the mobile phone offence with an offence that's known as being not in a position to be in proper control. But that's, again, a, a difficult one to prove. That is uh, quite a contentious area at the moment because mm -hmm. there's no definition of being in proper control. So it's it's really difficult to mm. establish that but that is coming in as when the police think well we're not sure whether he was on his phone we'll slap on a, a not being in proper control offence and most people because that is a hundred pounds and three points will generally take that whether they're guilty of that offence or not and that's something that we're up against because mm. you can't challenge the law unless somebody's prepared to take the case on. Mm. And that's not something you can do on your own, is it? No, and it's an expensive process. Yeah. Also, driving without due care and attention can apply to things like eating whilst driving. Yes, well, that relates to that offence I've just mentioned, mm. not being in proper control. For me, it's all a question of degree. Uh, some police officers, we had a police officer very recently who's told a client, well, you should have both hands on the wheel at all times. Well, that's an absolute nonsense, as we know. Most of us will not have both hands on the wheel 100% of the time. There's all sorts of reasons why one hand will go off to either to turn on the radio, to uh, change the volume, to change gear. There's, there's all sorts of reasons. And that doesn't mean that you're not in a position to be uh, in control. It's all a question of degree. And that's why evidentially you, you, you need advice on that. It sounds very straightforward. But unless you know evidential rules and what counts and what doesn't count, what's allowed into court in evidence and what isn't, that it gets really complicated, even though yeah. it's actually quite a simple incident. And you can always get advice. And uh, a regal advocate actually gives free advice. So you can have a call. We don't time control these calls at all. There's no time restriction. And we give general advice on whether or not we think that offence has been committed and whether, whether you should take the fixed penalty or whether you should challenge it. It comes down to common sense because... It's one thing to have, you know, a packet of crisps or some sweets on the dashboard that you dip in and out of when you're at traffic lights. Mm. And it's another thing, isn't it, to do a drive by in a fast food chain and try and eat an entire meal. We've actually come across people eating fish and chips on the wheel doing 70 miles an hour on a dual carriageway. That, by anybody's estimation, is is bordering on dangerous driving. Yeah. Um, but... 
it is a question of degree and you need to apply. And I, I do think that there's been a clampdown across the country on these types of behaviour. But I don't think they're necessarily being fairly applied mm. because they're just going for any offence. It's the same with the mobile phone offence. I know a lot of people actually want to see people prosecuted because people using their phone are distracted and if they're doing it at speed if they're going coming up to very busy junctions and they go through red lights then it's a very dangerous situation but what about the situation where somebody's stuck on a motorway car park for example uh, when the motorways come to a complete halt they're going to be there for hours and they just want to contact someone to let them know they're going to be late. Should they really be prosecuted for a mobile phone offence with the £200 and the six points? I don't think so, and I don't think that's fair. You can see where the the waters are muddied, can't you? Yes. When you put it like that. Yes. Absolutely. Shadda, shadda, 